I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are going to be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are going to work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to read one chapter a week. And inside our book study Facebook group, you're going to get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts. You're going to get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's going to be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're going to get a lot out of the group, even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 49 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode. If you are new here, I am your host, Sarah Marie, and I am so excited that you are joining me. And if you are one of my regular listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I feel like I don't say that enough. I just so appreciate your support of this podcast, and it is so much fun for me to be able to record these episodes and just be able to support and encourage all of the amazing things that you are doing with your students in your upper elementary reading classrooms. So, If you have been listening to my episodes through the month of October, then you know that we are in our final week of our little comprehension skills mini series. And each week during this month, I have shared kind of some specific strategies or teaching tips or just things that are going to help you be more effective with specific comprehension skills. And honestly, I have really loved putting together these podcasts for you. I, first of all, always love recording podcasts and You know, I always think about you. There's so many of you that reach out to me on Instagram or the Facebook groups and the questions that you ask. And I really do consider you guys as I am recording these podcasts. But it has really been just a lot of fun for me to think about comprehension skills that were either challenging for me to teach, challenging for teachers in my audience to teach, and really just kind of breaking them down, hopefully to make them more manageable and just easier for you to teach. So If you have enjoyed this mini-series, please reach out to me and let me know. And if so, I will plan to do another one similar to it in the spring. And if you have other episodes that you'd love me to talk about, you know I love taking listener requests. So hit me up on Instagram at The Stellar Teacher Company or reach out to me in Facebook, membership Facebook group email. You guys hopefully know how to get in contact with me. But today we are going to talk about my favorite nonfiction topic, and that is nonfiction text structure. Now, 
let me be honest, this definitely did not start off as something that I love to teach. And honestly, nonfiction text structure made me question my ability to be an effective fourth grade teacher. And that is because before I moved to fourth grade, I honestly had never even heard this term, nonfiction text structure. I started off my career as a second grade teacher. I taught second grade for many years. I taught first grade for many years. I was a lower elementary instructional coach for a while, and I supported some third and fourth grade teachers, but not in depth with curriculum. And so it wasn't until I moved to fourth grade that I became aware of what text structure was. And first of all, I moved to fourth grade in the middle of the year. I don't know why I did that. I think it's because I was a team player and I can't say no. <laughs> um, and I remember I was a second grade teacher. I was happily teaching second grade. I thought I was going to spend my entire career in lower elementary. And it was towards the uh, middle of October. My principal came to me and he said, you know what? We are going to have an opening in fourth grade. Of course, it's a testing grade. You know, he's like, I've seen you teach writing. We teach writing in fourth grade. It gets tested in fourth grade. He's like, I think you'd be better suited in fourth grade. Would you be open to switching? And I was like, well, I'll think about it. He's like, okay, I need you, you know, basically at the end of the week, I have to make this decision. So don't think too long. I did it and I was terrified, uh, but ultimately it was probably the best decision for my career because I absolutely fell in love with fourth grade, obviously, um, and love all things upper elementary. But I remember one of the very first reading lessons that I had to teach was all about nonfiction text structure. And I literally had this moment of panic during my team planning session because, you know, they were like, okay, next week we're teaching text structure and we're going to do this and this and this and this. And in my head here, I'm like, wait a minute, I've never even heard about this. Like, are we talking about text features, like text structure? What is this? And if I have no idea what text structure is, how can I teach it if I'm clueless? And, you know, and then of course I was like, it's not just text structure, it's probability. It's like Texas history. It's all these things that I was like, I don't know how to teach fourth grade, but I figured it out. Anyways, all that to say, Text structure ended up being and still is one of my favorite nonfiction topics to talk about. So let me just kind of stop rambling about my reminiscing of teaching fourth grade and let's jump right into the good stuff. So first of all, let me share with you a little bit about why teaching text structure is so important. And there's really three main reasons why this is, I think, just such a critical topic, skill, whatever you want to call it, to teach to students. Now, first of all, the thing that I realize is that text structure connects to so many other comprehension skills. And, you know, if students have a strong understanding of how a text is organized, they are going to be able to figure out the author's purpose. They're going to figure out the main idea. They're going to be able to easily identify the key details, making inferences, summarizing the text, explaining relationships. All of those skills are connected back to author's purpose. You know, if you think about it, like, for example, if the author's purpose is to compare and contrast the difference and explain the difference between, you know, two different types of marsupials or whatever, they're going to do compare and contrast. You know, if the author's purpose is maybe to persuade you to take action and, you know, help figure out the solution to whatever problem, you know, if they want you to either stop using plastic straws or recycle, whatever that is, they're probably going to write in a problem and solution formula. You know, so there's so much of text structure is connected to author's purpose. Same thing with the main idea. Whatever the text structure is, that is like the clue of like the main idea. It's so connected. Same idea with the key details. If, you know, if you are reading a sequential text, then you're looking for key details kind of at each part, each either step of the process, each date, you know, whatever it is, comparing and contrasting. If, you know, you want your students to identify the key details, they're going to look for 
the whatever the sort of categories that they're comparing and contrasting, they're going to find the key details for each of those for the two different topics. And so text structure is connected to so many other things that our students need to be able to understand and do with nonfiction. So that's one reason why it's important. The The second reason, and I kind of just hinted to this, is, you know, text structure gives students the tools to comprehend any informational text. And the reason is, is that text structure serves as a roadmap and a guide for their reading. You know, when a student knows how a text is organized, it helps them anticipate what is going to come next in the text, and it is going to help them figure out what details they need to focus on. And anytime I'm talking about text structure, I like to sort of start off with this analogy of whether it is a Target or a Walmart or a grocery store. And, you know, if your parents sent you into the grocery store and said, I need you to get a gallon of milk, and if you've never been in that grocery store before, or, you know, you would probably look to, first of all, to see, like, what are where are the aisles? Where's the refrigerator section? Where are the dry goods? You'd sort of pay attention to it. And you would look for the organization of the store to find the, the gallon of milk. And it would be so much harder to find that gallon of milk if there was no refrigerator section, if there was no freezer section, if there were no labels or headings. And so it's just this idea of organization helps us focus our attention. It helps us focus what we need to pay attention to. You know, when students know that there's different types of text structures, it's like, okay, if I'm, you know, reading a cause and effect, I am going to probably hear about several different cause events that lead to this effect event. If I'm reading a problem and solution, I'm going to read what the problem is and I might hear about a solution or two or three possible solutions. You know, it just helps them understand how texts are set up. So it really does serve as a roadmap. And then the third reason is that it can be so empowering, teaching text structure. When I first started teaching text structure, I kind of taught it like I did an, any other objective on my checklist of things to teach. We introduced it. We read passages of each text structure. Uh, we had our students do a gallery walk where they would walk around the room and they would read short little passages and they would you know, jot down their thoughts on which text structure they thought it was. We did a couple different sorts. We spent probably about two weeks talking about it. And after those two weeks were up, that was it. <laughs> we didn't really touch it again. We didn't discuss it again until we started to spiral before our end of year uh, test prep. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to go back to those first fourth graders that I have and redo it. But then, you know, after I had taught fourth grade for a while, I started to realize that, you know, this can be really powerful. And it was really my students that helped me figure this out. But one of the things that I started doing is anytime we were reading nonfiction, we would talk about the text structure. So if we were in small group, whatever the nonfiction text was, we tried to identify the text structure. You know, if we're doing a read aloud, if they're doing independent practice, you know, it's like one of the things that I would have my students do is they would always identify the author's purpose. They would always identify the text structure. They'd always identify the main idea. Just kind of some of these basic sort of like key comprehension, understanding skills. So they started to just pay attention. And it started off as them just identifying the text structure. And in order for them to be able to identify the text structure, they had to, you know, look for clues. And so we kind of started referring to ourselves as text structure detectives. And we'd look for keywords and we'd look for different types of text clues, you know, um, that would help us figure it out. And we'd look for patterns and, you know, just different things. And it's like, okay, we think this is sequential. This is why. Or we think this is compare and contrast. This is why. What I started to realize, though, is that because this was something that we talked about pretty much every time we read nonfiction, my students started to help me realize the connection, that it was connected to main idea and author's purpose and summarizing. And they were like, oh, because I knew that this was, you know, a description text, I knew that the author's purpose was to describe, you know, because this was compare and contrast, 
you know, I knew that the main idea was sharing the differences or the similarities between these two topics, you know, whatever it was. But they started to help realize that text structure is connected to all these other skills. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, you're right. It is. And then I was like, this is amazing. And then I became way more intentional about helping students just sort of see the power that text structure has. So all that to say, there are five tips that I have that will hopefully help you be more purposeful and intentional with how you teach nonfiction text structure. And the first thing that I think that is important that we do is that we explicitly introduce the different types of text structures. And the very first time I taught text structure, I think I introduced all five types on the same day. And ultimately, that was a lot uh, for my students to understand. And while I typically introduce the general idea of text structure, you know, as it's a way that authors organize the text, and I might mention the five different types, we will only focus and read one type of text every day. You know, by the end of the week, we'll have read all five text structures, but we're not going to read and talk about all of them at the same time. So I think it's important to go slow and explicitly introduce the different types. I like to use shorter passages, even if they're just short paragraphs, to show students the examples They can easily, you know, compare and contrast the different types of text structures and look for similarities. And the other thing that I realized is because I was like, oh, I want to slow down and teach text structure, you know, more slowly and be more intentional. But I also have other objectives that I want to teach with text structure. But I realized as you are introducing, so if you're taking an entire week to introduce text structure, you can still teach other objectives. Like I like to teach students to identify keywords. You know, I like to teach them different graphic organizers they can use, you know, the connection to author's purpose. And as you're introducing, you know, those different objectives, you can use a different type of text structure to teach that objective. So you don't have to teach just the five different types of text structures and how we use them. You can kind of combine them. But I definitely think that is important to explicitly introduce each type of text structure so your students know sort of like what the organizational options are. And then we use keywords. I teach my students to do that. So we do use keywords to identify text structure But it's important to teach your students to rely on more than just keywords, because if we are teaching them to only look for these keywords, they're really kind of missing the point of understanding. They're not actually thinking about the text and they're just scanning to look for the keywords. And so I, you know, we look for the specific types of details. We think about the type of text, you know, is this an article? Is it, you know, a recipe? Is it a biography? whatever it is. Is this like a persuasive letter? You know, so thinking about the actual type of text. And then I love having students ask specific questions that are related to the structure. And I mean, I love giving students questions. I think the more questions we can ask students and especially specific types of questions, but I would love to give students, whether it is like on a bookmark or a little question ring, different questions they can ask for each type of text structure. And even just knowing I don't know, with different questions that you can ask, it's going to help you figure out the type of text structure that it is. You know, obviously, if you're doing a compare and contrast text, you're going to find out the similarities and differences. So if your text does not share any similarities and differences, it's not going to be comparing and contrasting. So just being able to know that there are attributes that go beyond keywords to look for. So I think that is super important. And then my third tip is to teach students how to create their own text structure graphic organizer. And I would always give students graphic organizers. I love using graphic organizers. I think it's a really great way for students to sort of organize their thinking and especially just see comprehension in more of like a visual a visual way. But I love, especially for text structure, because they're usually pretty consistent, but I love teaching students to create their own text structure graphic organizer and use it to organize their thinking as they're reading. And so for compare and contrast, they could either do a T-chart or a Venn diagram. For sequencing, they could draw a timeline. 
And that usually works for description, You know, usually a web with the, the topic and then details coming off to it. You know, cause and effect and problem and solution are very similar. And so a lot of times it is two boxes with like an arrow to show the connection. And one of the reasons why I love using the graphic organizer is when students know how to create their own graphic organizer, even if you don't give one to them, they can use this as a way to jot down the important information. And if they can figure out the text structure and draw the graphic organizer, then they're going to be able to zoom in and figure out what specific details that are important to that text. And, you know, when they can do that, that sort of leads me to the next tip, which is teaching students how to use text structure as a roadmap for their reading. And so, you know, if students know that text structure is going to be connected to other skills like author's purpose, main idea, summary, you know, even questions to ask, then all of a sudden, if they can figure out the text structure, it's like they have unlocked all of the keys to this text to understanding it. And it took me a while before I realized it, you know, this idea of like summarizing. Summarizing was always hard for my students. It was hard for me to teach, you know, because it's like, how do we do that? But like the summary should mirror the text structure. So if your text structure is comparing and contrasting, your summary should be written like a compare and contrast. So in your summary, you should state the two topics that you're comparing. You should share similarities. You should share differences. And then you should, you know, restate the two things at the end. If your text structure is problem and solution, then in your summary, you should state the problem. You should state a couple of details about the possible solutions and then sort of have your closing sentence at the end. So if students know the text structure, they can use that same formula to write a summary. Same thing with the main idea. You know, the main idea is included, obviously, in the summary. But if they can identify the text structure, then they know the main point of the text. You know, they know what the text is mostly about. So text structure really is sort of the connection point to everything that is connected to nonfiction. And then my fifth tip is to teach students to write using the different text structures. And this is great for your writing workshop in general, um, or if you wanted to do like a research unit. But I think even in your writing block, if you have students take a text that is written in one text structure and either do some research or supplement and rewrite it using a different text structure, you know, I think anytime students can approach reading from a writing perspective and writing from a reading perspective is just going to strengthen their overall, you know, communication skills. And so if your students have read, let's say, a description text of the habitat of the poison dart frog, and the text describes, you know, all of it, and they they learn that they live in rainforest, and, you know, all of these details are included. Well, if they wanted to redo that, they could possibly research tree frogs, and they could do a compare and contrast about tree frogs and poison dart frogs. They could then maybe do a sequential text where they are writing the life cycle of the poison dart frog. They could write a problem and solution text about how rainforests are being destroyed and the impact that is having on the habitat of the poison dart frog. And so they can start to see, you know, especially if they're the ones doing the writing, they can start to see the different ways that texts are organized and the different purpose of the texts and, you know, how they are set up. And even if they're not super long, you know, even if it's just a short little paragraph for each of them, really having students to write using the different text structures can solidify their understanding of them and their ability to identify them when they are reading. And like I said, I think anytime that you can approach reading with writing in mind and writing with reading in mind, it just strengthens their overall understanding of both subjects. So that's it. Those are my five tips. Let me go back and review. First of all, you want to make sure that you're explicitly introducing the different types of text structure and do so slowly so that way students really have a chance to understand them. You want to make sure that you teach your students to rely on more than just keywords, so specifically looking for details, you know, the type of text, um, asking questions for each different text structure. 
you want to teach your students how to create their own text structure graphic organizer that is going to just empower them that, that no matter you know what they have available to them, whether it's a sticky note, a note card, or their, their reading journal, they can create something to help organize their thinking. You want to make sure students understand that text structure can be a roadmap for them reading anything nonfiction and then teach students to write using the different types of text structures. Hopefully those give you some ideas for how you can just sort of teach nonfiction text structure if you've never used some of those. Hopefully there's one or two on that list that will help you with your next text structure unit. And whether you've already taught it this year or if you're getting ready to teach it in a few weeks or next semester, you can always implement these tips. So even if you, like I said, even if you've already taught it, like just start talking about it every time you read. I think that's the thing that helped me realize just how powerful text structure is, is that as we were reading nonfiction, we constantly talked about text structure. And the more we talked about it, the more we realize that it is connected to pretty much everything in nonfiction. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, you guys know that I love sharing ideas and strategies with you, but I also love being able to share resources that are going to help you either save time or actually implement the different things that I've talked about on the podcast. So if you are a member of the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership, definitely go check out the nonfiction text structure section. Lots of resources that will help you kind of implement all of the tips that I've shared here. And if you are not a part of our membership community yet, I'll link to that in the show notes below in case you want to check it out. But I'll also link to a few of my favorite text structure resources in the show notes. Uh, so that way you can go check them out on TPT. And please, please, please. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys will join me next week on Monday because we are celebrating a huge milestone here at the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Next Monday, November 1st is going to be our 50th episode. And I just cannot believe that we are already on our 50th episode. I have had so much fun with this podcast. And of course, I have something special planned. And next week, we're going to have all sorts of celebrations in honor of our 50th episode. And whether you are a new listener or a faithful listener who's been listening since the beginning, I definitely don't want you to miss out on all of the fun that will be associated with that 50th episode. So I will see you back here next Monday and have a stellar week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.